think about that as you probably thought about it. We often use talents. Uh, what our talents are is part of the way of describing ourselves to others, particularly. And as an example, if you meet someone for the very first time or someone that you haven't met, maybe it's at a party or maybe it's some work event, whatever, what's the first question that you normally ask them? What do you do? And that often ties to our use of a talent. And we're, you know, maybe it's in an occupation, and you might say, well, what do you do? Well, I'm an accountant at such and such a company. Or what do you do? I'm a landscape developer. Or what do you do? And we will list things, but they're tied to our talents. And so people began to create an impression about that. And if it's not necessarily work-related, it might be related to things that we have a passion to or a love to do. Uh, it might be, you know, what do you do? Well, I'm a golfer or I'm a fisherman or I do something like that. But it's, uh, it, it's interesting how people then begin to use those. And as we think about it, you know, talents are different for different people. Uh, everybody has different talents. And uh, that makes life rich. And it would be boring if everybody was really good at the same thing. And, uh, you know, sometimes those passions need to be developed. And I was visiting a little bit with my wife. And I was going, you know, now that I'm retired, I have a little more time in my hands. And I think I'm going to develop my, my, my talent in music. And she looks at me, well, and how are you going to do that? I said, well, I think I'm going to learn to play guitar. First off, they're going to have to teach me how to read music, but that will come. Then I'm going to lead to, to play guitar, and then I'm going to sing along. And, and that will just be awesome. And Marsha looks at me and says, oh, that'd be great. I said, then you can go out on the patio and practice. <laughs> okay. And then she continued, and get back at the neighbors and have that barking dog that won't shut up. <laughs> So um, I think the inference there was I could probably practice, but I would never develop that real talent. Uh, that isn't one that I was given. But I was given some, and so were you, and so was everybody else. You know, everybody in the world, everybody that's alive has a talent. And one of the things that we learn as we, uh, from the Scripture is from Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, where it says that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And so what God is saying is he formed you. He created, this wasn't just a, a kind of an accidental coming together. This wasn't like, oh my goodness, I wonder what they're going to be like. What God is saying is, is I formed you in the womb and I, I knew that even before I knew you. And so your talents and your abilities, particularly those that are that others don't have, God gave them to you even before you were born. And they need to be developed and they need to be discovered and they need to be nurtured and all of those types of things. But nevertheless, they're a gift from God and that is such an encouraging thing. And so, you know, we as Christians have an opportunity then to use our talents as part of living a full life and bringing enfoldment. You know, God intended for that. And so it's, it's an exciting thing to do. And so I encourage you, you know, not only as you explore your own talents, 
But as you see those in others, you know, your kids or others uh, around you, and you see them being talented at something that you share and encourage them and support them in, in ways in recognizing that. But then that leads us to another question, and that question is, if everyone in the world has God-given talents, whether they acknowledge that or not, nevertheless, they're all God-given. If every single person has talents that have been given to them by God as part of them being formed and created and born, then what is different for Christians about talents? Well, it really shapes a lot in those cases about perspective and how those talents are used. If you think about talents from a worldly perspective, one of the first things uh, is that it's all about me for them. It's all about, uh, if you will, a random thing that I was given this ability. But if I have this ability or this talent, it's because I developed it. And you know, I worked really hard for it and all of these things. And it's all about me. Another thing from a worldly perspective might be it's all about me in terms of what can I get out of that talent. And I might focus and, and say, how can I make the most money using that talent? Or I can have the most power or be most popular or have the most friends or whatever it might be. But how can I use that simply for my personal satisfaction and development? Or uh, sometimes when from a world perspective, a non-Christian, they think about talents and they look at their talents and they look at the talents of others that it develops a dissatisfaction with them about the talent that they have and an envy and a desire to have the talent that somebody else has. And, you know, God had given them the talent to do something, but instead they want the ability that this person does, maybe because the world seems to perceive a greater value for that, or it looks like more fun or whatever it might be the case. So many times from a worldly perspective, even though they have these talents, it is not something that they become satisfied with or having a full life. Well, how about a Christian? What is different, again, uh, for a Christian? Keeping in mind, we're talking about talents that everyone has. And one of the things that is different and important for us as Christians is to recognize the fact that it's God's gift. They come from God. And so whatever it is that you are good at, uh, the talent that you have, it's helpful for us as Christians to remember to just simply thank God for giving you that, for creating you that way, giving you the ability to do those various things. Also, from a Christian perspective, as we look at that and think about God's goodness, then we also have a greater appreciation and give thanks to God for the talents that he's given other people. You know, I really can't sing very well, but boy, do I appreciate those that do and can listen to music or help use that as part of participating in worship. And I am so grateful that God has given that ability and that a talent to others. And it gives us a different perspective about that. And therefore, hopefully, as it relates to our focus on our talents, that it stops us from being dissatisfied or envious of what others have but rather rejoicing that God has given me an ability or a talent, and how can I use that rather than focused on somebody else?
And so that becomes a different perspective for Christians as opposed to the, to the others. Also, it changes our perspective in, from chapter 12 of Romans. we reminded again, uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that in response to what Jesus has done for us, that we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice back to him. All that we do is for him. And it says uh, in Colossians chapter 3, verse uh, 23 and 24, that whatever you do, you work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. It changes the perspective, and you catch that. He said, whatever it is that you're doing, however you're using it, and it might be for recreational, it might be for occupational, whatever, but as you're doing that, you're doing that with all your heart. You're putting everything into it. And I, you know, I heard one person say one time that a Christian ought to be the best employee, the most committed, the most dedicated, the most focused employee in the workforces. Why? Because they're working at it for all their heart. Just for the company knows because God has told them to do that. They're working for the Lord. It also helps keep us eagles in check. And it says that, you know, I'm working for the Lord, not for myself. Now, God's going to use that to give me an opportunity to be blessed and to earn incomes and to do whatever might be done with those talents. But it's really all about the fact that I'm serving the Lord and working for the Lord. And also, it helps give us encouragement, particularly if we're going through different times, uh, challenging times. And I had a situation like many of you where I was going through a job transition and... Uh, knew it was going to a significant amount of time ahead of time, uh, but I was given uh, the opportunity to stay on and work through the transition. And, you know, there were so many, or at least some of my co-workers that became bitter and angry and other things during that time. And God challenged me using just that verse to say, remember, Dale, you're working for me. And it changed my attitude to each day that I would come with a focus and a, how do I please Jesus today? Even if the person that I was working with maybe not wasn't doing so, or maybe if I had a difficult boss or whatever it might be the case, am I serving and working for the Lord? So it changes your perspective about that. So how about you? How are you using the talents that God has given you? Or how can you use them differently, particularly for as a witness or for his glory? And so now we're going to transition to another area that's related but different, and it's superpowers. And so uh, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Everybody have a, something? You know, somebody might say, um, it would be to fly through the air like Superman. And we see that uh, in the first service, there's one of the young boys piped up and says, transporting. Love the audience participation. Uh, it might be that a superpower would have supervision and being able to see things that we read about or saw in the comics and the movies. And some might say their mothers have supervision anyway. Uh, 
Or it might be I thought about, man, if I had a laser vision of something that would just automatically wipe out every mosquito within 20 feet, all I had to do was just scan around like that. Man, that would be awesome. But we think about superpowers, we're thinking now something, first off, that's much bigger than us, uh, much bigger than typical of everybody, and along that, uniquely usually given to some, but not all. And so as we think about, again, the comics that we grew up with, like Superman and Spider-Man and some of the others, uh, they were uniquely given those powers. And then the problem or the challenge becomes, what do I do with it? What do I do with a power like that? And invariably there's a conflict that happens with those characters, but one in particular is with Spider-Man, that shortly after he's developed all this ability, uh, his grandfather or some type of relative, I remember, was challenging him, uh, Peter Parker, and he goes, with great power comes great responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. So if you have a superpower, how are you going to use it? And to whom are you responsible for how you use it? Well, the reality it is that if you are a Christian, if you are a believer, if you receive Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit's come to indwell you, then you do have a spiritual power, and it is superpower. It's called a spiritual gift. And that's different than just the natural talent that everyone has. A spiritual gift is something that God, by grace, gives just to Christians and for a specific purpose. And that purpose is to build up the body of, uh, of the church. And we'll look at a few verses here shortly. And so natural gifts, again, are given to everyone. Spiritual gifts are given only to Christians. But that also means that if you're sitting here this morning or if you're online uh, watching this and you are a Christian, then you have at least one spiritual gift. That's exciting. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to use it? What's your responsibility? And as we think about the fact that spiritual gifts then are, are said to build up the body, then that implies that we need to be able to use those gifts within the body. And as such, here at Salem, but the body is really broader, it's the whole church, the, the worldwide, but specifically for Salem, that's the reason we come together in community with each other, is that it enables us then to meet the needs of others within our community. This isn't designed to be a solo act. No differently than those comic book characters were ever expected just to use those spiritual gifts by themselves. But rather it's to come together and to support each other and to be with each other. And in doing so, that's going to bring about that full life that Jesus talks about in John 10.10, 10, the theme verse, he says, I came that you may have life and may have it to the full. And so the encouraging part of that is we don't all get the same gift. As we go on and take a look at Romans 12, uh, verses 4 through 5, and it says that just as each of us has one body with many members, talking about our physical bodies, we have hands and arms and legs and feet and different things, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, 
form one body, but each member belongs to the others. And so for us that are here today, or others that aren't, that are part, he said, I belong to you. You belong to me. You belong to each other. And that's why Jesus says we need to be in a community where we can support and use that and do that. And one of the primary things that he does to enable us to participate in that is he gives us these gifts. And they're all by God's grace. They, they're not earned. They're not, you can't even sought after and saying, God, I, I would like this one or I want this one or give me this one. They're given us by God. And so we are given them in order to be used. Romans 12, 6 through 8 goes on. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now that list is not all-inclusive. There will be others that we can take a look at. But as a start, it's helpful for us to remember that Therefore, they're given for a purpose, to be used for a specific purpose, and that's, again, to be building up the church. But we need to be able to use those gifts. And so why? He goes on in Ephesians 4, in chapter, chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, where uh, Jesus is saying, so Christ gave himself, himself gave, and he lists different groups, different things, and then to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, maintaining, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So what he's saying there is the spiritual development and growth of others depends on you using your gifts to help support that. But he gives different people different gifts in order to enable it. And so the focus is on the body. Again, not ourselves. We're not using them to bring credit to ourselves. We're not using them to bring benefit to ourselves necessarily. Even though there's tremendous joy and pleasure in finding your spiritual gift and using them and seeing the fruit that comes from that. But uh, the purpose, again, is to serve the community and to focus on others. And uh, there is no one specific list in the Bible that lists all of the spiritual gifts. Uh, there are some located in a, in a few different verses. If you wanted to take time, uh, I, don't, well, I didn't list all these verses, but Romans 12 is one place to look for spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 is another place. And Ephesians 4 is a third place that you will find, and there's also some other references as well. But those three in particular are often in the core ones that talk about spiritual gifts. And so if you're sitting here this morning, there might be some of you that are saying, oh, what is a spiritual gift? I understand in concept, but what are some of those gifts? And again, this list is a generally accepted one, but there might be some slight variations depending on which locations you're looking at. But just to read them through, they're not going to be on the slide, but just to read them through so you get a glimpse, uh, a glimpse of what they are and the variety. There's administration, apostle, discernment, 
evangelism, exhortation, faith, giving, healing, helps, hospitality, knowledge, leadership, mercy, prophecy, serving, speaking in tongues and interpretation, and that's been uh, addressed different ways, uh, teaching, and wisdom. And again, you might find some variations different places, but that's quite a list. And it's exciting to think, again, that if you are a Christian, you have one of those gifts or more, but everybody would have at least one. And uh, it's helpful to note that when you experience and use that gift for the purpose, there will be a fruitfulness and a passion about use of that gift that may not exist with somebody else. I was just visiting with somebody after the first service, and they talked about uh, they have the gift and have been affirmed with them. They have the gift of encouragement. And he has this ability to come and share and encourage people that people respond to and they're encouraged in a way that others can't do. And again, all of us are called to give words of encouragement, but some people are particularly gifted at that. Sometimes what it will also enable you to do is identify and see a need that not everybody else sees. And then he will give you the opportunity to pursue that. And as an example, uh, you might, if you have the gift of hospitality, be someone that particularly at church on Sunday mornings is really wonderful at spotting the new people and being able to come alongside and encourage them uh, and maybe you do that at the hub or the connection center, but maybe it's just in general. And you just, you just have that ability to do that in a way that welcomes them and it just they makes them encouraged. Again, all of us have a responsibility to say good morning to and, and welcome people, but some people uniquely can do that. Likewise, that gift or all gifts can be used in multiple settings. There might be somebody else that has the gift of hospitality that man, that wouldn't be my thing standing at the Connection Center out here, but they are just wonderful at just being able to have somebody come over to their house and share a cup of coffee or ice-cold lemonade or something and just be able to visit about life and they feel welcome. And there's not this tremendous need to have the perfect house all cleaned up or everything all ready and perfect, but they just have this way of connecting with people. Same gift used in different ways. Or maybe you have the gift of administration, which is the ability to organize things. And, and what God uses you for within the body is that there's, you, you see this need and you identify a need, man, it's, we need to figure out how to fix this or to do this. And it just immediately comes to, well, here's a plan of what we need to accomplish and how to do that and how we can recruit people to help out and get involved. And it just, it becomes uh, easy, if you will, for you. You know, as we start the community garden, I'm ex expecting that there are at least a couple people, maybe more, at least a couple of people that have the gift of administration that have been really good at helping organize that and get it started and set up. And if you talk to them, there's just a joy that radiates about being able to do that. Even it would be intimidating for some other people. <clears throat> also, it's helpful to remember that just because I don't have a gift in an area doesn't mean I never do anything with that. Uh, we all have various responsibilities and things that we do to help in the body. For instance, if you know, we're hosting some event in the food area, 
and you know, they need people to help serve or wash dishes, whatever, uh, you, know, you might say, well, I'd be happy to do that. I'll help out. Even though I don't have the gift of service or help specifically, but I'm willing to do that because there's a need for that. And so you do. You don't sit back and say, sorry, you're going to have to go somebody else. That's not my gift. But if the body is flourishing, there will be someone or someones back there in the kitchen helping out, do whatever, that have the gift of service or helps that are just really good at getting everything set up and knowing how to do that and, and just tickled pink to be the ones that are kind of in the background. But man, are so valuable to making everything click. And so you want to be able to focus on the, your gifts but be able to do everything. But the, the fulfillment in that really full life that Jesus talks about is that when you can discover and primarily use your gifts for the purposes that God has given them to you. And so if you'd like to learn more about how to discover your, your spiritual gifts and, and more information and background about them, the primary person to connect is Pastor Ken. Uh, he'll be back from his sabbatical here in a couple weeks. Uh, also his assistant, Nikki, and they have access to all kinds of resources and things that can be used around spiritual gifts. Uh, there's also a course I think they offer a couple times a year about Discover You that will help people dig in and discover their personal gifts. But what if, what if every single person that's part of the Salem community as a start knows and uses their spiritual gifts for the benefit of others? that we're not just coming as an audience, but we're an active participant, knowing that others are depending upon me to use my gifts. Imagine the energy and the excitement and the things that could be happening as people do that. And that's part of the vision of living a full life. So it all comes together. And as we take a look at this talents, God has uniquely formed you. He's given you specific talents and abilities that can be developed in order to serve others and bring fulfillment. The general talents, if you will, that everybody in the world has, but he's given you specific ones, specific things that you can do. In addition, on top of that, Jesus, by grace, gives you spiritual gifts when you become a Christian to be used to build up the body. So now I have two things that I'm working with. And since God has gifted you and he has formed you with these talents and abilities, then that must be because he has a specific purpose in place for you to use them. Because he knew that's what you were going to need. And so that includes this place and this time. You know, there's in the book of Esther, uh, one of my favorite books in the Bible, uh, there's a, through a series of events, there's this young woman named Esther who's a young Jewish woman, and she has become the queen uh, for the, of the country. And this is for a king, in a king, and this is in a pagan country, if you will, not, not, not Israel. But she's become the queen. And as circumstances have developed, uh, the Israelite people who have been dispersed and living throughout the land are under a tremendous threat that if fulfilled would end up pretty much wiping them out. They would all be killed. And so Esther is given this challenge to say, you need to go to the king and you need to plead with him about, have, about stopping this. But this would be tremendous risk for her personally, tremendous risk that would require of her uh, even potentially her life. And, 
if she's wavering a little bit, uh, it says in Esther uh, chapter 4, it says, if you remain silent, relief and deliverance for the Jews will come from another place. In other words, God is sovereign. You know, God is not dependent upon the obedience of one person. God is sovereign, but he goes on to say, but you and your family will perish, and there's a price to be paid by not doing that. In some cases, it's a price to be paid simply by missing out, but nevertheless, there would be suffering. However, he goes on, and who knows, Esther, but that you've come to your royal position for such a time as this. And so Esther was challenged with to say, when I look at everything that's come together, the place, the time, what God has given me, my abilities, my talents, all of that, maybe this is, this is it. This is why God brought me here at this place. And so it is for you and me with our specific unique talents, with our specific unique spiritual gifts in a specifically unique place at a particular specific point in time in history, God has brought all of that together for you and with you. And if you want to live a full life, then do what God has given you and gifted you to do. For who knows but that you've been uniquely positioned for such a time as this. And we must never forget that this is all for the glory of God. 1 Peter 4, when talking about the gifts, says each of you should use whatever gift you have to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So what if what if each of us at Salem, at least, use actively the gifts, the talents that we've been given by God for the purposes and the time to serve others? What would happen to our congregation? How would that flourish and grow? What would, how would that happen to the community and the broader church as we're involved in that? And how would that enable each of us to live that full life that Jesus has for us? Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the gifts and the abilities that you've given for each of us, and we pray that you would show us where and how you wished us to use them, that they might serve and help others grow and develop within the church. And in the process, we thank you for the blessings that we get an opportunity to experience and the joy that can come into our life as we live that full life to do the purpose for which you'd intended. And for all of these things, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.